12 rows back. It's footy from all angles. It's 12 rows back, rocking football. And what a big week it's been in football to pinch a few cliches. We've got plenty on the show tonight. We've got the university grades. We've got rapid fire. We've got mailbag. We are ready and raring to go. Another episode. Round five's done. A couple of interesting, well, many an interesting result in there. A couple of good showings from a few teams we know and a couple of shockers from a team I know. So I'm excited to get into it. How are you traveling, Seb? Yeah, doing well, Tom. We, uh, we're about a quarter of the way in. And we're starting to learn a little bit. Uh, there's a handful of teams who have been written off, like they might as well pack, throw in the towel and go home. Uh, there's a handful that are right at the top. And then there's this middle group that are just... It's three and two, two and three, maybe a one and four team, uh, who we still need to learn a little bit about. So they're still sort of finding their footing in the eight, uh, but it's making each game becoming more and more important. There's some mouth-watering clashes on this weekend. Oh, I can't wait to get into it. Well, speaking of one of those teams, I think we're going to cover. We, um, I've watched with interest the D's journey this this season so far, and and you know we sort of didn't know what we were going to get. Some of us thought the coach might be out by a certain point of the year. Uh, they've straightened up to five zip as they were in '94, which is getting a heap of airtime at the moment. Uh, and the results on field are flying, midfield's flying, rucks flying. Now their forward line is where it gets interesting because. Big Tommy Mack has been in good touch, I think. He hasn't done much wrong. He's done, you know, played the team role, bringing his uh, small forwards into it. But a guy by the name of Big Sam Wiedemann's just kicked seven. And Ben Brown also played kick three. He's probably not too far away either. I'm wondering what they're doing with this embarrassment of riches, as some D's fans have told me. Uh, it's a it's a real, I guess, great problem to have, but one that we're really going to have to see uh, play out because I guess it's that team balance versus do you bring in these players clearly in form. Well, I'm interested in your thoughts. A few, things here, a few things to unpack here, Tom. Uh, where did you steal the embarrassment of Rich's line? Uh, it might have been uh, out of something Fox footy related. It was literally the headline on <laughs> AFL.com earlier today. But a few Melbourne nice fans happy I've dobbed that one in. They, they'll be oh, probably the D's fans have sort of drummed it up. Um, I reckon one of the issues Melbourne might face is with some of these players, you want to try and incorporate them slowly over the course of a year. Uh, and they've had the softest part of their draw, I reckon, in the first five weeks, which would have been the right time to start incorporating them. You don't want to bring one of these guys in for a... Anzac Eve clash at the MCG against the Tigers. Uh, you know, there's... I guess maybe they could bring them in the week after they play North. Yeah, that's, that might be the game. They do have a good record against them. They do have a good record against them. Now, look, they've got a lot of options there. And, look, I know I've, I've made my thoughts pretty clear on the coach. I don't think he's up to it. Uh they might have enough success that they keep him going and keep things rolling, and that might just hurt them. If if you don't have the right man leading the ship, it's never going to get to the destination. It might just get a little bit further because of the talent on board. Uh, if he as if I'm right and that he's not the right man, I might not be, but he's not going to be able to slot in nine into six. It's very hard to do for the best coaches. Uh, what are they paying Ben Brown? Six fifty seven. Oh, at least I would have thought. Yeah, I'll ask you. You're paying Hanbury about eight hundred and Hill <laughs> nine hundred, and you're getting all of diddly squat out of them. How, like, 
you, you have to play Ben Brown if you're paying him that sort of coin, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, he was a. I guess they drummed it up too. As he was a high-profile recruit, which he was. He's, you know, as we've read out in the stats, he's kicked. Well, he's in the top five for goals over the last five years. So, I mean, yeah, I think his rep took a hit with the unders price that they paid for him. But he is a big inclusion for them. And I know in the preseason, he was all the talk of all the D's fans was Big Ben Brown. So yeah, he he's straight in. But look, we. I don't think he is. I wouldn't bring him into that team at all. When I'm saying straight in, are we talking like this week or are we talking in the next month? Uh, let's Which say stuff? in a month when they've got he's, everyone's got some more footy under their belt. So he, he obviously just played his first game and had no preseason. So you'd be expecting some sort of patch in the VFL to get some yeah, which I think form. They're playing. But let's go four weeks down the track. I'm not bringing him in with the way they're playing. He, do, he doesn't get a game. The high profile recruit. No. Well, look. I've watched more than probably Yeah, most. I was going to and say, you know you're Ben Great Brown. on the lead. Uh, great when the game's on his terms. But ball hits a deck. Is, is not is, is next to useless in terms of defending. He's actually all right at a big man picking the ball up below his knees. But in terms of pressure and defense and all that sort of stuff that is really a staple of the modern game, can't do it, just isn't able to. No sort of slide on him. Um but it makes it tough. It means you're sort of one man down. And, and if you're a good sort of rebounding team, like say Richmond are, or West Coast, you know, they very quickly move it around and get it around the other side and out the back. Uh, and he's not a contested marker, which, you know, for a bloke who's 200 centimetres, it's very easy to get him off his line. So Yeah, look, that that's interesting. I guess, do you think... You know, we have mentioned the modern game, but I guess this year's its own contained sort of game. I know there's a lot of forwards being hit up on the lead, which you would suggest is his bread and butter. Has he got potential on that front? Oh, yeah, he does. No, 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 he he does. He can certainly play the game. I just, from what I've seen, the Ds are flying. And, and I look, I could just see a player like Ben coming in and just unsettling the rhythm of the forward line. Yeah, he hasn't played with any of these blokes. It's not it's not a case where he, he's been the forward there for four or five years and he was out Knows you the, know, patterns, yeah. the, the last six months of last year and then the first month or two months a year. He hasn't played with any of these blokes. So, look, I'm sure they're going to get him in and give him a run at it because at his best, he... I think he's finished second in the Coleman two or three times. Um which, I think he's stiff not to have one. Like honestly, he's been almost leading in the last couple of rounds and just been pipped by some some cheaper bags yeah, from yeah. other winners. The, the blokes that pipped him were then the following year not they weren't top five or they were they were a fair way off the mark and he was just second again. Which but just just the way it goes. Um, but I just look. I think he's too one dimensional for the modern game. Not saying he can't play the game, but he's too one dimensional to just be an automatic in, let's bring him in, he's clearly better than everyone else with the way they're going at the moment and the way the ball's pinging around. I mean, Clarko almost pulled off a masterclass on the weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah, Hawthorne's was... side had no right to really be competing with Melbourne. If you look at the list, there's... Like, Ben McAvoy, he... Absolute bath he was given by Max Gorn. Yeah. Uh, but somehow... They're in front at half time and close at three quarter time, and it took like it took a burst in the last quarter and the floodgates just opened. 
Uh, but Clarko, he was trying to win that game sort of nine goals to eight, ten goals to eight, and almost did it. Uh, so, you know, the the team is playing well, and I'd just, I'd just be wary of just, look, we've got these forwards, we've got to play them, we've got to bring them in. I mean, it was Melksham's first game for the year. He's kicked three. Yeah, I... I'm trying to remember if I um, remembered Melks from running around uh, when they played the Cats. But look, he, he's just getting into it too. The other part of it, I guess, is the, the big weed, big uh, Sam Wiedemann. He has that flexibility, I think, that he could be a second ruck. So I guess another string to his bow. Whether they play around with that, though, because Luke Jackson as well, he's another big that's uh, sort of doing that second, second rock roll. But, uh, you know, and weed's your future as well. So the... It's a good situation for the D's at the moment. I, to be honest, I'd, I'd prefer Weed in the team than Ben Brown, if I'm being honest. If I'm the D's, there's no future. Like I don't care who the future is. It's the now. You, We're winning the flag this year. That's they're all. You reckon the chips are on the on the table? They, they don't have to be all in in terms of we'll give up all well, that next, next year's draft yeah. picks and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah no retirement home. Um, but how often are you? How often are you in the Premiership window? Sometimes you think you are, and you're still miles off. And <laughs> they started five and zero. Like you've just got to, you got to try and capitalise on it. I saw a side go ten and zero a few years back and finish the season twelve and ten, and went out without firing a shot. So you got to try and capitalise on it. Absolutely, I'm not. This is a slight tangent here. When you said a side that went ten and zip, I immediately thought of the Saints 04. That's just how my mind works. But I know it was the ruse of 2016 you're referring to. There had to go over yeah. Adelaide in that final. That was stiff. No, look, it was the uh, the third year of Nick Del Santo's career. He started ten and zero. I think he's the only player to do it. Yeah, that is a great stat and not a swamp stat. Um, but yeah, look, great situation to be in for the uh, for for the D's. I mean, yeah, when you've got selection queries. Let's hope they continue for the D's, long-suffering D's fans, because it is early in the year, but they're doing everything right at this stage. I wanted to... Hey, um, before we before we jump off, I just do have to say, how good is Max Gorn? Oh, yeah. He is flying. I, we gave the Ruckman a pat on the back, but let's just give him an individual accolade this week. He's your all-Australian Ruckman with ease at the moment. He is tearing the game to shreds week in, week out. But... Yeah, no, he's um he's doing it all, and he has... I feel he straightened the ship. Yeah. And it was, there was lots of talent in that side and that sort of waving and it's done this and it's done that. They played in a prelim and then they burnt right out. He has, don't know what he's done, but he's, oh, he's had Michael's secret stuff. Um, yeah, the old uh, Space Jam uh, juice at halftime. Well, he's just, just a captain you want to play with is the vibe that I get. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Have a beer um, with and actually play your footy with. He's just an all-round uh, good bloke, which we need in the game. Yeah, leading from the front, and I'd give him almost all the credit. We're going to learn a lot about the Ds on uh Yeah, we've pumped them right Saturday up night. right now, but yeah, we will, We're, as we do with most teams. Uh, I want to move up to a story I uh, read uh, today, doing my usual browsing of the sporting papers. Lots of news at the moment. One thing that piqued my interest was a plan for the Gabba to be redeveloped. So old uh, Bris Vegas, Brisbane are, are throwing their cap in the ring for the 2032 Olympics and uh, instead of just building a new stadium they're going to knock over the Gabba put up a new 50,000 seat stadium and uh, that'll be your, your games hub and your games home. They might uh, do some 
work around that, turn it into a bit of a hub, get a train going through it, which it desperately needs from last time I was there. Uh, and this, it's just great news for uh, for Queensland footy. And yeah, a 50,000-seat football stadium in a, in a rugby town is a great result, I would say, for the AFL if this goes ahead. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's exciting stuff. Um, so it got a roof? Don't know if it does. Uh, from the plans I saw, there. it didn't. I don't know if many Olympic venues go the roof, but yeah, I, d- I didn't see it on the... Uh, look, they, they oh. put out the flashy packages of all the nice photos and yeah. what it looks like uh, to the, uh, I guess, the architects and the designers, but um, no roof on that one. So as we saw on uh, Saturday night, it, it wouldn't have uh, gone astray. I'm sure the Bombers would like to have that game again in pristine conditions. Yeah, well, the, all, all the talk of um, we shouldn't play games at night on the Gold Coast, bec- uh, you know, because of the dew, and then you see that torrential downpour. Um, it happens in footy, but there's nothing better than it's raining outside and the roofs close at Marvel. You just get a nice slick game. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting for the people up there. Um, they should do it, and they should send the grand final back up there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. you you're slowly turning me week by week on uh, this national competition which we're in and i'm i'm with you uh it'd be a great result uh, so do, do i mean you if you more do... details is it uh is, is the afl they wouldn't be funding any of this would they no nah, so it's all tied up with the olympic package that brisbane's putting together i think they've got some i think there's actually i've read today legacy funds from the 2000 olympics and then the 2018 commonwealth games so there's a few things that they can piece together out of that money that I guess has been set aside for this kind of bid. So, look... Are are they reusing some of the infrastructure from the Commonwealth Games? Well, I guess that's that's at the Gold Coast, so it's not technically in Brisbane. Oh, that was a waste of money, that. Yeah. They They couldn't get people to turn up. Yeah. Look, you you look at, you know, over in Brazil, they sort of did a, uh, you know, they did the Rio Games right after they'd had the Soccer World Cup. You know, that that was just bang, bang. Obviously, they had a ton of issues, but that's, let's not get into Brazilian politics while we're at it. But, um, yeah, it it would have been, uh, it would have been a smart one if they could have sort of tied it to some sort of Brisbane Gold Coast link, maybe. But look, We'll get to an Olympic podcast. Don't worry about that. But I just thought it was interesting because it's massive for footy. And I, look, I'm, I'm guessing if you throw them a, a, a granny with a 50,000-seat brand-new stadium, a few over in Perth might get a little shirty with that given that they're sitting on a nice 60,000-seat stadium over there and even Adelaide Oval with its 50 as well. So, look, it, it could start a trend, but that, that might be for our uh, post-season uh, brainstorm future of our game podcast which we will receive last year yeah i i don't think they're ever moving it from the the mcg unless they have to which is bizarre in itself but some fans just love tradition they love doing the same thing year in year out and if it was probably up to them we'd still be the vfl tom with with 10 teams in victoria Ah, well, we are in that second team comp, but we won't go there. Let's get into our uh, university grades from last week. Oh, I love this. Much anticipated segment here. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, Or do I want to kick us off? Well, look, you tell me. Richmond, 134 to St Kilda, 48 at Marvel, Thursday night footy. Jeez, I I was hope-halfing you would uh, just just go with the Friday night game first because I've tried to blank that one from my memory. I went along to that one, and it was... Dare I say it was worse to watch than the Bombers game, and that's saying plenty because the Bombers fans get up in your grill. We were just 
it was just listless after it went. Uh, it got to about forty points, and then we just just kicked it sideways all night. I, I apologise to any fans that watched that on the Thursday. Uh, I would, you know, we did our halftime show there, and there was a little glimmer of hope. But once they kicked the first two of that second half, and it got got yeah right out to that forty, we we just dropped our head. So. Yeah, Jackie still needs some help, and he won't be happy that. Thank God for Jack Steele. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. that would have been 150 points. I know. I mean, yeah. Look, obviously, uh, the the listeners have given their thoughts, and uh, we do talk about the Saints a lot. But look, to go in with Crouch, uh, Steele, Dunstan, Bytel, uh just as a couple of mids off off the top. I mean, that's a lot of inside work. So we really lack that balance and that outside speed and really speed in the con- you know speed away from the contest and just the spread on, all over the ground as well we were just second second to it all night slow disinterested and it, yeah it got ugly fast so so we're in agreement that you're off to see the coordinator we're off again. to see the coordinator again so this is some sort of roller coaster because we're going hd to see the coordinator to to D, whatever you want to give them. We're going up and down. I actually don't know what my side is. Let's hope that the Paddy Ryder, Rowan Marshall Saints don't yo-yo like this. But, uh, yeah, not great sign. So, yeah, off to the coordinator for sure. Uh, and the Tigers, uh, look, I've got to give them a distinction. They they smashed us. They, they beat us in all the key areas. They made us look silly. They made us look slow. They just played themselves into a bit of form. So look out for that, D's fans. Uh, they get a distinction for me. Yeah, distinction for me as well. They were they were good. They were just about at their best, but uh, it was pretty listless from the Saints. So I'm not too sure just how well, just how great a performance it was just yet. Uh, so turn your attention across to that fine stadium in Perth, Optus Stadium. West Coast hosted the Pies, 103-76. to 76. Uh Collingwood did a hell of a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, I yeah watch this one. Oscar Allen, geez, he just keeps on keeping on. I think I keep an extra eye out on him just because of, uh, of uh, us mentioning him here. And geez, Dom Sheet just continues to haunt the haunt the pies. I, I, that three minute patch. Some were saying a minute and a half. I, uh, yeah, might get the stop watch out on that one. Uh, you know, that was sort of what was it? Three goals in three minutes. Might even be less. Um, he just continues to haunt them. Yeah, yeah. He um, he's a ripper, Dom Sheed. Did you see the stat on him? So, this is a swampy one, but it's it's a fantastic. Um, so Dom Sheed kicked three goals in a row for West Coast, and the stat was, oh, when was the last time a player kicked three straight goals in a game? And it was Jack Darling in the second quarter of the same game. <laughs> oh, that's a ripper. Sometimes he gets a little shirty, swampy, and he, he doesn't take any uh, rubbish. So that's a little straight bat from me. But yeah, <laughs> oh, that's sharp. Um, yeah, you look, I, I've got a. Oh, the pies I was impressed with, and I, I look biased because of my super coach team with Darcy Moore, and it didn't mind the experiment of him going forward. I know he was drafted as a forward, and they really got some uh, run out of him as a intercept defender, which he is great at, and I love seeing him do that. But maybe, I guess, the uh, unwillingness to take a man at times or to leave your man constantly is, is just, you know, Bucks has had enough. So, I don't know. Look, it was the wrong week to do it, though, wasn't it? It probably Kennedy, was. Darling, and Allen. Yeah, on paper it was. I mean, imagine it this uh, week in the Anzac Day clash. Uh, yeah, probably the wrong week to do it. But who else was kicking their goals? They dropped Big Mason. I think they probably had it written in the uh, on the whiteboard earlier in the week, yeah. and they've just stuck with it. Um, 
Tossing up on the pies, pass or distinction, um, I guess... That's a pass for me. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Look, they were gallant and they, they played some great footy, but yeah, they sort of still got they done by goals five goals. Late, yeah. So they kick goals late That's to sort it. of make it look a little bit more respectable than what it was. Yeah. I mean, seven right. goals at three-quarter time, that was done. Yeah, no, fair. Look, I'm happy to give them a pass. And look, same for the Eagles. They, you know, back on their home deck. Flat track bullies. Flat track bullies, it continues. I, they're, they're a pass for me. And... What more can you say? They just did what they had to do over on Saturday, which followed a uh, just a little tangent, a fantastic uh, AFLW Grand Final. I actually, um, sat down and, and watched that one, and it was uh, it was brilliant from the Lions. I, I really wanted them to win that one because they've been to the Granny a couple of times and haven't saluted. So it was great to see them have a go. Adelaide have won a couple of flags, so good for the competition and a great result over there. And had its uh, time as it should. Uh, so. I was going to ask, were you watching it because you would normally watch footy on a Saturday Arvo and couldn't find any other footy? No, just genuine interest in who was going to win. Yeah, that's how I watched a bit of it. I didn't have any interest. I wasn't, haven't followed the season. Uh, but I thought uh, it's. Re- I think it was a real. I don't know what the term is, but the AFL going. Oh yeah, we'll give you a standalone time slot of one thirty p.m. on a Saturday. It's, it's not a that's not a key slot. Like, no, it's, people don't line up their days to watch football at that time. It's like I oh, will just move a game and you'll have this slot open. But yeah, it's dipping um, the toes, but it's not really jumping in the deep end, is it? It's not uh, Saturday no. or fri- Friday prime time or even Thursday night prime time. But uh, yeah, so they they put that one early, and then the following game was the Dogs v the Sun. So the Dogs just doing what they. They're doing at the moment. They are absolutely flying, and they just jumped out of the block so quickly in that one. It was just over before we knew it. So, I mean, yeah, and then they took the foot off the pedal and cruised really to the end. So, look, they've got one of those midfields, and I'm not putting them up with the Brisbane, you know, three-peat or the West Coast Judd days or the Saints 09-10 day (laughs) midfields, Um, but they have one of those midfields. They have one of those midfields where if one's down, one will step up. They've got, yeah, look, they're all firing. They're all getting possessions. Um, it's all going right for the dogs. They get a distinction for me. I know it was at home and against easy opposition, but they towed them up and made them look stupid. So I was impressed with that. I'll give them a distinction. And it's a fail for the Suns, who we have always said are far starters at the start of a year. Uh, this is their worst start to a year in the last five years, and that is majorly concerning given the way that they finished seasons in those previous five. So they're in for some trouble, and it was not quite borderline. It was not quite, sorry, seeing the uh, coordinator, but I'm keeping a tab on future submissions from this club. Yeah, I considered sending them to the coordinator. Uh, 11 goals to one at half time, so the game's done. And if you look at it, six goals... Six goals, 12 to seven goals, five in the second half. So if the dogs just kick straight, it was going to get a lot uglier than the, what was it, 62? 62-point win. Uh, a distinction for the dogs, they took the foot off the gas, but the game was done and it gets bloody cold in Ballarat around that sort of six o'clock mark. They were just trying to get off the pitch. Was it at Ballarat? Uh, I think it was at the Dome, but... But it's still cold in Ballarat, Tom. It wasn't the Dome, <laughs> but what I said was still not factually incorrect. Jeez, that's uh, smooth. Sorry, the the dog sons just scream send me to Marvel. Like, yeah, no, look, I, it was the dogs lions the week before, so the Queensland team. Yeah, uh, 
Look, after half time, nothing really mattered in that game. They were just playing out for super coach points. Dogs yet to be tested. Uh, the Giants this weekend, I don't know, but they play Richmond the following week on the Friday night. And that will be a mouth-watering clash. That is a clash. That's that's what they need. That's the test that they need, I think, at this stage of the year. Uh, yep. Well, speaking of the Giants, really nice segue there. They played Battle Sydney. Battle of the Bridge. Battle of the Bridge, the worst name uh, battle we have in our comp. Can I give a shout-out? I know, uh, and we might cover it later, about the uh, the jumpers uh, for the teams, but hats off to the Giants for coming up with a great clash strip and just owning it and playing it and embracing moving forward and avoiding that clash with Sydney because we've struggled with the orange and the red. It's a very similar hue for those out there in the design world. Um, and it just, it was awesome. And it looks it looks sharp. They... Look, they didn't play better because of the Guernseys, but they uh, they had one of their great performances of the year. They were unbelievable. Toby Green, he he keeps on keeping on. Uh, the, the Tom Green, he's he's a youngster who was sort of in and out of the side that they've given some game time to. He he was fantastic. So they they've straightened up a bit. The Giants actually, I think, uh, you know, sort of bottom four predictions might have been a bit early. I I I was I love their work. They're a distinction for me. Yeah. Look. I'm going to go on record and say I was one of the few who didn't rate this jumper as highly as everyone else. It is a glorified training Guernsey. So, <laughs> uh, I, uh, look, it, it was better for the clash, but I don't think it's necessarily a great jumper. Oh, it's all it's all dark, and we'll just put the G on the front, like Scotty from marketing's had a say in that. Uh, <laughs> but look, no, it was a great performance from the Giants. They probably, if they had a kick straighter, they would have had this game probably pretty much in control. Toby Green, one goal, seven, uh, but still yeah, stood up towards to the shreds. end. Buddy dropped in five, which was, he, he's he's back. He's, he's going to get the thousand this year, Tom. We've started the uh, the Buddy Watch on Instagram, just yeah, watching him get to thousand. Loving his work. Hoping this uh, little injury he's got, I'm, I'm hearing he might be out for three to four uh, with a bit of bone bruising. Old age? Yeah, old age. Bruising. So bone bruising, as they say. Um, yeah. I would love it if it, it happened this year. Yeah, look, in terms of grades, uh, fail for the Swans. They were well expected to win this yep, and agreed. had the lead and just weren't able to finish it off. And a distinction for the Giants, because I didn't give them a chance in, in... I did not give them a chance. And if they had a kick straight, they would have well and truly won this. Absolutely. So over to the MCG, Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Carlton's opportunity to make a statement, uh, they didn't take it. Port Adelaide just basically, it, one of those games that Port just, ha they were in cruise control really. They just did what they needed to do at, at, at the time. Um, Port, I mean, uh, sorry, Carlton played right into their hands with their game style and uh, yeah, just that question of being sucked into the contest for the Blues continually happens. Look, yeah, Harry Mackay is still young. People are getting annoyed with him. Mitch McGovern, not sure where, where he's at. Obviously, uh, look, a few media examples drawn out of Paddy Cripps. Don't think he's the full issue for them, but he is really a bit of a barometer. If he can have the kind of game I guess the media expects him to have every week, then they'll go a lot better. But at the moment, it's, yeah, look, it's a bit of him trying to lift the boys and come with me, but no one's going. Um, a couple of injuries as well. Eddie bets out of that one. So, like... Not not a great night for the Blues by any stretch. And, and the power, they, they yeah, just keep on going on. Alir Alir keeps flying. Uh, Mitch uh, Georgiades, he, he, he got the rising star nod. 
uh, for that one. So, yeah, great night for the power. I'm going to give Carlton a fail with a little warning on their submissions. Not quite at the coordinator for me at this point. Fail for me. And uh, Port Adelaide, look, came to the G and did what they need to. I'll give them a pass. Yeah, I think you've summed that up really well, Tom. Uh, Carlton, and this was one of our best bets, Was I think we both went Port minus the five and a half points. Yeah. And, oh, that was... It's like stealing taking that. I think Carl, it was just about a dollar ninety either way by the first bounce. People had talked themselves into Carlton. Porter got some injuries. Carlton are ready to strike. Well, they weren't. Uh, I, I I can't quite pinpoint what it is, but for some reason everyone's got oh Carlton are going to make the leap. A lot of people had them in the eight, and now that they haven't, they're two and four, two and three. They're two, two and, and three. three. Two and three. They beat Frio. They took care of business against the Suns and then they lost their other three. Now we're saying some of these blokes they've recruited just haven't come on. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't, think I don't know how those, you can yeah. draw that bow from, yeah, they're going to be in the eight, everyone's coming on to, oh, now they haven't come on. I don't know if that's changed. Um, I think people just got put the horse before the cart at the start of the year. Uh, and some of these older players, I don't quite know what the plan is for them. So... I don't know. Look, the McGovern recruit hasn't worked out. Uh, don't know if he's just not interested or took the money and ran, but he doesn't seem to sort of be be going after it. Uh, thank God for Sam Walsh. I will say that. He's oh, a star. Star of the competition. Uh, Doherty didn't really want to defend on, on Saturday night. and but, I think you know, we could say that in most weeks, to be fair. Yeah, but it's starting to become an issue with... Uh, you know, Simpson's not, no longer there. Uh, well, I don't know if Zach Williams is a midfielder. Um, yeah, Sart, look, there's a lot of passengers there, and I think that's been an issue for Carlton for a little while. Uh, this was a game where they had to come out firing, and it was not. It, it was it, look, it was only five goals, but it was not. It wasn't really competitive from sort of second quarter onwards. Uh, so it's a fail for Carlton and. and Look, it's a pass report. They did what they had to do. I think for a team that's going to win the flag, you want to be potentially burying some teams like this. But to come over and get a win on the road is is always good. Bank those wins and then um, you sort of set yourselves up for the back half of the year. Looking ahead, not looking ahead, looking up north to... Uh, Essendon travelling up to Brisbane in torrential rain. I haven't seen a game played in rain like this for a long time, Tom. Yeah, it might be uh, uh, your boys against the Suns a couple of years back early. Suns? That was a yeah. shocking game. It was reminiscent of that, the old Queensland uh, Thunder. Didn't didn't watch that game, so <laughs> certainly can't recall it. And Essendon got an absolute shellacking. Absolutely. They pl- pl- 57 yeah. points. It was. Played the Lions into a bit of form, to be honest. They sort of, uh, I guess, learnt a few tricks. Big Joey playing further up the ground, which got uh, Charlie Cameron more involved. I guess Darcy Gardner, who is a, you wouldn't call any sort of star of the comp, but he gave them a little bit of grunt in that forward line. Um, they Lockie Neal back to his Brownlow best with uh, had the ball on a string. I mean, you couldn't really... It, it looked genuinely like Brisbane were playing with the dry ball and the Bombers weren't. That, that's how I viewed it. Yeah, well, to kick... Um, well, they kicked 15 goals, 12 in the wet. That's huge. Like, they could have... If, if it was dry, what could they have done? 
Yeah, correct. It, it would have been would have been very ugly. And uh, and like I've just these are I'm just looking at some stats. Ninety two marks to forty nine. It's in the wet, Tom. They've had double the marks. Yeah. Like, well, that says to me that they were uh, uncontested. Dare I say, if they could mark a wet ball, they would have had plenty of time. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, Bombers thirty two free kicks to sixteen for the Lions. Oh, well, so, we've, we've seen that ledger many a time. I think the Dons usually well, get the rub of the green. Normally, it's the other way around, and that's the reason they lose. So. Well, yeah, true. Take it each way you want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it was even, it would have been 100 points. Who knows? Uh, look, I, I don't know what, what to make for the Bombers. Is it an aberration, or was it just wrong place, wrong time? You know, Brisbane have had those three weeks in Melbourne or Victoria. Uh Finally got back home, Essendon fly up there, it's torrential rain, no one really wants to play in it, and and that sort of happens. They're going to have ups and downs being a younger side. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at some of their... Look, my my question with Essendon, and I was talking earlier today about this, is their avenue to goal is my biggest question. Hooker's kicked four in this game. He's not... He's capable, but he's not a noted goal kicker in that sense. You got Stringer and McDonald Tip and Woody who are up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah. No one else kicked a goal for them on the weekend. Um, and you're going into Anzac Day. Who's going to kick those goals? That's that's my worry for the Bombers. Uh, I'll give them a fail, the Bombers, only because everything was on Brisbane's terms and it was all against them. And I'll give Brisbane a distinction. I wouldn't give them a high distinction because of the like the Bombers just didn't show up. But I yeah, don't know f- if fully that was agree really with that. Brisbane doing it. I think it was just a matter of fact, and that's where we ended up. No, I couldn't have put it better myself, mate. I mean, there were uh, rumblings from maybe I listened to a few too many Dons fans, but there was rumblings, and there was a bit of confidence out of the Dons camp that you know this this could be one up for up for grabs. The Lions weren't flying bombers in okay form. But uh, look, yeah, on paper, it did have all the uh, markings of a, of a team we think are going to finish top four at the start of the year, whether that uh, they will the Lions and, and the Bombers are a bottom four side. So we got that kind of result. Uh, over to your boys and Adelaide playing in South Australia. Bit of an upset this one. The Crows, uh, the Dockers, dare I say, winning at home. Uh, which, uh, sorry, winning away, how am I going? Winning away, uh, which they haven't done much of this year. I, I was hugely impressed with that from the Dockers. They they really, it looked like one of those games where they really set themselves to fly and fly well and prepare well, and they just came out from the start and really took it to Adelaide. Yeah, it's tough to go over to Adelaide, be down in the last quarter and get yourself home at the best of times. Um, so for Frio, a side who have been... They don't get the flat track bully reputation like West Coast because they don't beat up on teams, but effectively they have the same sort of form line in that they win at home and then struggle on the road, and that's been the case. I mean, they lost to Carlton uh, and Melbourne on the road, and then they've beaten Hawthorne and who else they beat over there? Uh, the Giants. The Giants, yep. Yeah, so um, really good win for Frio. Rory lobbed back in. That sort of helped with their, their forward line, their structure. Um Everyone's been raving on about David Mundy this week, like he hasn't played 350 of the best already. So, well done, Victorian Media. Thanks for waking up. Uh, Adelaide would be disappointed not to get the win, uh, and I think that's sort of a sign they're a young side. They're going to be up and down, and, and they're probably going to drop out of the eight sort of gradually. They've had a hot start. Um, I think they've got the showdown this week or next week. 
Uh, no, play Hawthorne in Tassie, which could be a danger. The Giants, and then surely then then the showdown. So they want to sort of they need to bank a couple of wins there as well. So I, I see them dropping out of the eight through sort of not not in a bad sort of they're having a bad year. Just they've had such a hot start, they're bound to cool off. Just uh, but I'd be distinction for Frio. They don't win on the road often enough for for that. That, you know that was it was a huge win, and I'd give the Crows a fail, based on you. They should have won that, and they put themselves in a position to win it, and they couldn't get it done. Absolutely, mate. You couldn't have put it better. I know you take to these Frio games with enthusiasm, so that was a great review of that one. I mean, this one just struck me as one of those games where it look. It's too early in the year to call it an eight pointer, but it really was. It was two teams that are probably going to be in that middle rung, maybe ninth to twelfth. Uh, fighting for the positions there. So for Frio to go, uh, you know, yeah, to go across across the Western Australian border and not have uh, lead in their boots, they, um, yeah, they they really showed something there. And look, yeah, I've got to give the Crows a fail. I mean, yeah, this was the chance to really get on the front foot of for their year. I mean, the Crows at four and one would have been massive. Uh, yeah, particularly with a couple of their games to go. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, you, I've got to fail the Crows there on their home deck. But, I mean, they're still learning, I guess. They'll be an interesting one with these ratings as we go forth, the uh, the Crows, because they've built up some trust now. and we're, we're rating them in that middle rung, not probably bottom four as we had them at the start of the year. Moving over to the MCG. So, we mentioned this game before. Um, you noted as well that, you know, it was pretty neck and neck and Clarko had them right there. Uh grinding their way as they do the Hawks in those low-scoring games, which, look, I'm, their fans are hopefully getting sick of that because uh, it's it's not great footy to watch. But, I mean, if it's keeping them in games, they'll take it, uh, particularly with the, their list the way it is. But the Ds, just with the cream at the end there, eight, eight goals, I think, unanswered to end that one. Uh, they're just flying, as we mentioned before. I mean, dare I say, I think we've already uh, covered this one uh, earlier with our D's wrap-up, which D's fans will be loving. But, uh, look, I'm going to give the D's a pass for that one. Did what they had to do late. I mean, if you hadn't seen the game and you just flicked the score on, you would have expected that kind of game, let alone how it sort of panned out. And, yeah, I, I said it last week, I'm sick of the Hawks with their sort of gallantry and, and being thereabouts in games and not getting it done. I've had enough of that fail for me. Yeah, it's interesting. I... I... I sort of watched it and I'm thinking, oh, it's a pass for the Hawks. They've done everything they can. They just don't have the talent. And then I'm thinking, it's a pass for Clarko because he's a genius. The Hawks just gave up, didn't they? Like, well, well, these are just whack on eight goals and then that's it. Like, well, yeah, that's, look, it's, young that's leagues, terrible. I guess you can give it, but you can't, yeah, you can't really forgive that one, can you? No, no. I. Look, I'm I'm going to fail the Hawks. Maybe I'm sick of them too. Maybe it's a bit harsh, but uh, I'm going to fail them. I'm actually giving the D's a distinction here, and <laughs> for beating up on the on the second of what are they seventeenth placed Hawks? I'll tell you why. Uh, I tipped the Hawks on the basis of Melbourne have had four great games. The Melbourne I know are bound to let you down at this point. And they <laughs> that was the worry. Absolutely, I was a hundred percent right through the second and third quarters. I'm thinking, oh, I'm onto something here. This is going to be fantastic. I can sink the boots in. Simon Goodwin, no good. And the D's showed a mature response. Three quarters they struggled, and then they turned on the class and just kept working and piled it on. So that impressed me. 
and I give them a distinction, uh, and they better not let me down. Yeah, well, now, this that was the, the game, I guess. It, it was classic D's to drop that one. They didn't. Have they turned the corner? We are only going to find out on the weekend. Down to the Cattery. Now, I'll be honest, I only saw brief scores of this game, given it was down in Geelong, uh, even though I was in Geelong uh, on Sunday, but got out of town. Uh, couldn't wait for this one at 4.40. Uh, a shocking time for a game. 4.40 on a Saturday is where this kind of game belongs. But uh, a cold Geelong, and the ruse came out hot. I was I was stunned by that. Uh, don't know if, it, if it's down to the Cats. I mean, danger back. You, you, you sort of would have got a bit of excitement as a Cats player that, he, that he's back in the side and back out there. But just that uh, those attitude issues and I guess that excitement on the field... Um, just just wasn't quite there for the cats, um, and, and your boys just came out uh, came out firing. Now, yes, you you faded out, and and that's I guess what we mentioned before with the Hawks, as as young teams do. I mean, I think uh, we've mentioned this before with Jack Zebel. He had meters gained at record levels. <laughs> He's he, one of the worst footballers in the competition. He continues to rack up the stats, old uh, old Jack. And um, what's he gonna do? I'm gonna kick long again. <laughs> oh, I'll take the kick out. I'll just kick it long. Seriously, you see a guy get it on the half-back flank and he runs forward and we've lost our structure. We've got no one to kick to down the line. So what happens? He stops, turns, handballs back to Jack Zebel, who kicks it long to Geelong. Like, it's well, that's, insane yeah. how we're raving about this player who keeps just kicking long to the opposition and can't defend a lick of grass to save his life. I've had enough of him. <laughs> Look, I don't blame you. And I'm with you. He, he is pumped up. I mean, I scrolling through in preparation for today's podcast and you, you see your, your Triple M on Instagram with a little, you know, look at Jack Zebel's great game. But this is from, from a fan that's seen him since he was drafted in 08 and knows what he's about. Yeah, obviously the, the stats are lying. If he wasn't the captain, they'd want to you'd delist him at his age and, and ability. You'd move him on. Not, not out the door, like... You'd sort of say, oh, we'll send you to a premiership contender, you know, so you can go and win one or something. But no no serious premiership contender would take him. He's no good. So he doesn't get a game in uh, in Richmond's first eight. No. No. No chance you get a game in Richmond. Yeah, look, I tend to agree with you, but just just bringing up the point, I mean, with flashes there, who did you like? Who did impress you uh, in that game? Uh, Jaden Stevenson was a fantastic pickup. Um, ben Cunnington is massively underrated. I know us Roos fans carry on about him, but no, you know. I'm with you. He, he he's underrated, I guess, as a player. You know, we, you talk about he's not player of the last decade, but his career stands up uh, stats wise. I know we just potted stats, but uh, he's done some great stuff on field. I think he's contested possession single game yeah. record holder. Um, yeah, exactly. He just he's a barometer for us and um he needs to really pass his wisdom on to the other blokes. Um as he sort of I mean he's only thirty I think, so still some time left, but uh look, Atley needs to go and get in the sea. I don't know why we persist with keeping him on the list. You might as well have kept Brent Harvey on for game number five hundred and seventy this weekend <laughs> rather than having Sean Atley run around and turn it over. At least Boomer like madness Madness keeping him on the list. Uh, Aiden Boner is starting to find a home down in defence. And forgive me, world, but a two Bosson of Vlagi? 
I'll quite give you know that. How to pronounce his last name? <laughs> um, first game for the, I think his career. Yeah, definitely no, the first game for his club. Didn't I? Don't think uh, he played for the Pies. I could be wrong. Pies fans, twelve rows back, Instagram. Let us know. Did a lot of nice things. Um, and look, he's going to be a player for the future. And Mackay kept Tomahawk to one goal. Maybe he could have had a couple more with straight kicking, but he played him pretty evenly in a game where Geelong were. Despite it only being five goals, I was sort of on top most of the game and just didn't kick straight. So Mackay's really found a home back there in defence. Uh, and my, Your man Tommy Powell is, is he's starting to set the world on fire in his fifth game. Uh, Simpkins, fantastic. Uh, this is a go, solid ruse wrap-up here. Going oh. under the radar, Simpkins. Uh, <laughs> Kane Turner's got to go too. He's no good. Oh, geez. I, uh, I'll be honest. I thought he was off your list with that big 11 people person Sorry, uh, delisting that you went with last year. No, he's Tom, he's in our leadership group. Oh, okay. That's how well we're going. <laughs> Zeeble's our captain and Turner's in our leadership group. Like, he's tagging Selwood. He's had seven tackles. Like, he's worked his ass off, but he's just not good enough. Simple facts. Like There it is. Let's get real. So what what grade are you giving them for, for this one? I'm reluctantly saying pass because if you said to me at the start of the year, right, in round five you're going to go down and play the Cats and you've already had a 100-point loss to the Dogs, what do you expect? I'll take a pass. Um, I, I, I'd take the 30-point loss, but we've got to stop doing this, being games for sections and quarters. We need to string four quarters together and get a win, and I'm hoping we can do it in the near future. Um, I'm almost tempted to fail the Cats. Look, I'm, I'm they wrestling really could with have put it. the sword to us. But five-goal win, doing what you have to do, we know they're not travelling well, uh, and I just I'll keep them on a pass. But you know, you, 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 if they turn that up against some of the better sides, they're not going to win. Absolutely. Look, I, I agree with you there. I, I toss between the fail and the and the pass. But I guess if they did kick straight, ten goals, seventeen, it could have been what we expected. Really thought about giving your boys a distinction, but yeah, just because that margin was was thirty. I mean, if you could have got out with something sort of sub. 24 maybe it might have been a, a distinction for me but uh it's passes for both one last clip for the cats which i don't like to do but um big sam de Koning <laughs> running into goal and luke D- dalhouse has come from eight deep to rob a youngster of his first goal in footy that's not on lukey you've got to be better than that share the love i know you want to kick the goal and get it done but look at the big youngster running through and, and just 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 seize the moment. Come on. That's He's not right. playing for his career, though, Dalhouse. Well, true. And it's, it's not it like, showed. That was desperation there. Who was it years ago who where Tomahawk, he had the ball on the goal line and called him in? Oh, no, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, Jordan what, who, Clark, I'm pretty sure he did that yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. To get, that, that's the Geelong way. But no, Dalhouse is playing for his career. They they want him gone down there, I reckon. Yeah, some of those cat supporters—they're not huge fans. <laughs> I know. Bit of a uh, bit of his uh, Footscray dogs, uh, sons of the Scray, coming out there. Anyway, we don't want to see that. We've got some uh, rapid fire questions to get through, Seb. I've got some. Yeah, I, I like this segment because we don't. I don't know what you've got. Yeah. So. We- just uh, sitting on the tram, the coming up with here. some magic this afternoon, just to fire your way. What have you got for me? I'll go first. Uh, Collingwood got hit with a $20,000 fine for that mobile phone use for Dugowie and Howe. Uh, too harsh, too lenient, or about right? 
Uh, I think it was about right. I, I look if they got uh, they got matches, they'd probably be stepping into the overs for that one. But but ten grand each that that's a fair whack. I mean, no, I think the club got the fine, not the players. Oh, the club got the fine. Ah, uh, well, that that changes it. Nah, that's soft for me then. Collingwood yep. can afford that. Um, I'm not sure if they're having words with whoever's the property steward because that case of mobile phones was just open for anyone to have a browse. Um, it's, that's it's local set... footy level stuff. Correct. At least oh, they got a case. It, it's not a uh, plastic bag. It's a little bit better than uh, we saw at the Rovers uh, or any amateur club. Um, but yeah, look, they, they set them up there and they've got to know. I mean... Jeremy Howe especially, there's cameras all over those rooms. It's one of the most watched. It's not as watched as obviously the ground, but it's not far off. I've got one for you, Seb. So Mitch uh, Georgiades, Port Adelaide, he got the Rising Star nomination. We mentioned it before. Now, this is his second nomination, given that he was nominated uh, last year in uh, 2020. And he's the second one actually after round four as well. Um, to get the double nomination, do we need to tweak our rising star rules? Are you? Do you want to make it sort of you know first year players only, or once you've been nominated, you, you're done? You can't get a second nomination. Where where do you sit on that one? Uh, I find it really tough. I think it should be first year players, but if you limit the first year players, quite often, what you have roughly fifty drafted, even if you call it seventy drafted, of that seventy, only probably 30 end up playing a game. Uh, so then... Yeah, the pool's a bit thin. Um, the best could, of 30. Could you go like, your first season? Best, well, I mean, like, best first year player, so it's their first season. you got to play your first game in that season. You could do yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'd, look, it needs a tweak, but as we know with all these AFL rules and ins and outs, there's always glitches and things like that. And if you... Like, um, Tim Kelly, was that, was he eligible? No. No, well, yeah, he was too old. I, I think it's old, under 21 what? in the oh, year that you played. What's the age got to do with it? First game's your first game. That, well, I mean, he, it was oh, James Podziadley, a rising star at 27. Uh, yeah, well, he hasn't played league footy before. Yeah, look, look, I, I thought that there's room to perfect it. I think once you get a nomination, you've had your nomination. I think we can... The double-up's a bit odd to me. It is. Well, it's 10 games. So if yeah. you've played less than 10, you can get nominated the year after. So it's sort of a rare one. But, uh, yeah, I, look, I think they should change it to it first. You've got to play your first game in that year. That would be a good compromise, I reckon. Uh, this is a this is a di- not a dicey one, but we, we spoke last year about the big four of the AFL and you got the traditional big four and we ended up settling on a current big three. Uh, I'm looking at the traditional big four and obviously I'll take Richmond out of this question, but which club's closer to their next premiership, Collingwood, Essendon or Carlton? Jeez, that is a ripping question, that one. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, it's tough, I mean, isn't it? It is None tough. of them are close to anything. None, none of them are really close. Oh, look, this is just purely off the top of my head. I'm thinking the Pies at the moment, they're in a bit of a holding pattern. We don't really know which way they're going to go, but I think it's probably down before they go up. So they're probably behind. The Blues have been rebuilding since Sauce took that paper bag back in 99 or whenever it was. That um, They've just continually rebuilt. So you never really think they're any closer. 
probably the Bombers just based on all those kids that they've got into the yeah. lineup. Lucky You'd have to draft. say that, yeah. Which I mean, Bombers fans will absolutely hang on to that, and they should because yeah, they I mean, th- three top ten picks. It's really seen if they're the players we think they are. Um, and that means 200 gamers. If they're a top 10 pick, then that's huge for them. So that probably puts them in the lead. But there's a bit to go on in the recruiting and list development for all of those clubs before they can ever get near a uh, premiership. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that one. I'm wondering from you, Seb, will the return of Jeremy Cameron turn around the cat season? Now, it's by no means a sunken ship. It's just going through some choppy waters. But... Will Big Jezza be the messiah and turn the Cats into that premiership contender that we all thought they could be at the start of the year? Oh, don't say we all thought. You had them just about written off. You wanted to put them outside of the eight. You knew what was coming, Tom. <laughs> well, I'm not far off now, but there's a lot of lot of uh, water to go under the bridge. I don't know so... what's with all these water and shipping analogies, <laughs> but uh, maybe to the Dockers, I'm thinking. Anyway, uh, yeah, Big Jezza. I... I don't think he will be the saviour that turns it around, but I do think the Cats are smarter than what everyone seems to think. And it's a long year. Uh, Last year we played with shortened quarters, so we've already noticed some teams running out of steam early in game, earlier in games, especially with the lower rotations. Uh, I think that they're just pacing themselves and not trying to go all out early, trying to bank some wins, and they will change their style of play slightly throughout the year so I don't think Jeremy Cameron's going to be necessarily the answer but I think they do know what they're doing and will sort of start to turn things around and get a string of three or four games where they start really getting some continuity in, in their form uh, just before you say that one, we should also just make a light note. Uh, big Stevie Wells stepping back there. Now, look, we won't cover this now, but it would be great, and we can uh, touch base with our sources to get uh, a recruiter we know on the show just to uh, potentially discuss that. He might not have much to say or might much that he can say, but uh, it no would time. be great to uh, get him back on. But great, great career, Wellsy. Uh, all the all the info coming out of him in the last week. Just to look at his record since 94 is, yeah, he is the goat of recruiting. Uh, I know that's a common term these days, and, and he well, is... take out the father-sons, Tom. True, but he, he's made a specialty easier. of those oddball late-round picks. Uh, I think, like, your Mark Blixas, Tom Stewart, uh, Corey Kelly, Enright wasn't a Ponty high pick, Adley. Tom Har- yeah, Tom Harley from Port Adelaide uh, back in the day. Yeah, he, he, he's he been able to find them consistently for 20 years. So hats off to Wellesley and may your recruiting staff come on this show. Now, just... Uh, well, I'll do another sidebar on the back of that. <laughs> I can guarantee you I will get him if you agree to the head-shaving bet of Cats versus Saints. I can guarantee <laughs> you he will come on. Well, look, yeah, as I said, uh, I'll have a think about it, but that is that yeah. is tempting. We would love it's to have right. him on the show. It's not if happening. it costs these uh, flowing locks of mine, I'll, I'll consider it maybe. All right. Uh, you mentioned him. Uh, oh, I love him, Oscar Allen. Yep. But I'm going to take your Saints hat off for a second. Who would you take, Oscar Allen or Max King? No, nah, Max King. That's not oh, with the... That's you not, said that with ease. No, nah, no, with ease. Love Oscar, love his work, uh, but... I look, uh, you're going to say bias here, and I'm trying my best not to, but I just think that, you know, you look at, at the skill of a key forward and the way the game's going, a 200-centimetre key forward, 
that can take it at the highest point. It's basically the borderline un- undefendable action in our game. If if he's at full stretch, no one's getting near it. Now, I know Oscar can do that too, but uh, I just rate Max below the knees. A couple of years of youth, I guess, as well. Um, we're just starting to scratch the surface there. So, uh, look, if you said Ben or Oscar, I would have said Ben too, just to uh, support that argument. But, geez, that is a... That's a real tough one, and the fact that he slipped down that ladder in that draft is uh, still puzzling. Let me extend it on. You're my club, North Melbourne. How much would you pay Oscar Allen to come and play for your football club? Oh, look, I could give a stupid answer like, you know, 10 mil, but look, you might have to offer him a million a year. I'd I'd give him a million a year to come to North. And how long would you want that deal? Would you just do like a seven seven year? If he wants. (laughs) Whatever he wants, he can come. Well, look, I'm with you. That that would be oh geez, that you would have his your you would have his number on your back that quickly. It wouldn't be funny, but um, I mean you you've shown that you can do that kind of deal. In that you know, Josh Kelly, we can offer it. They don't take it. it. (laughs) We've got the room. Just someone's got to sign it. You, you might uh, have to up that one because uh, he's a WA boy, born and bred, and I think he's a lifelong Eagles fan. So it would have to be extraordinary cash, I think, to pluck him out. But look, if you if you can try, you'll try. I guarantee you that. Yeah, no, no, no. We we will and we should. I'm, it's a pipe dream, but I, yeah, he's a star. He is a star. That was that was a tough one. I'm going to uh, sit on that. I maybe I'm biased. Uh, Max, he's going to be a star. Watch out. He's going to tear the competition to shreds. Future Coleman medalist and Norm Smith medalist. Uh, got one for you, Seb. Will you miss Thursday night footy? Now, it's not going away permanently, but it is easing itself out for at least the next month. Uh, it might not come back till we sort of get to those mid-season buys. So are you going to miss Thursday night footy? Yeah, I will. Um, it's a good way to sort of extend out the round and get a bit more footy on your screen. That's uh, sort of hard to catch the four or five games on a Saturday. Uh, keep getting told off for trying. Uh, and, like, are we going to have to try and go live half-time at Better Homes and Gardens and give our best gardening tips? Like, what are we going to do on yeah, Thursday? Yeah, well, it's not on a Thursday on Channel 7. I think Big Brother's coming back, but uh, probably it not might be the go. front bar, actually. They'll probably shift that. Yeah, that's it's true. Quite oh, look- the same. But I've no, definitely, definitely miss it. Um, I think they've, they'll try and make it a key fixture of every week next year I think it's a number of five day breaks for teams uh, but they should just sort of yeah. what would you say it's an addendum to the uh, the CBA and just sort of have it that we can have more five day breaks and you'll get slightly larger re- like the revenue goes up if you have more Thursday night games so yeah absolutely they've got to it's look coming at it. in it's just a question of when and look, uh, if I know as well, just a, a little sidebar too. I mean, the the rolling fixture handy as well in that you can sort of uh, have a think about who's on on those games next year potentially because like yeah, the five day breaks are a concern, but whether or not you can find a block of uh, four teams that can switch around on Thursday and Friday nights in that early part of the year, and you might get it done. Yep, no, no, it um, it's definitely coming. Just a question of when it becomes permanent uh, or not. Uh, are you now? Are you coming on board with me? Are you believer in Freo with a big win on the road in Adelaide? Yeah, look, like, no. can they play finals? Oh, good question. Yeah, look, they can definitely play finals. I think 
we're starting, as I mentioned before, scratching the surface. I feel like we're doing that with Frio. They're, they're kind of banking the wins, like we mentioned, and, and just finding some form. Look, at home, they're an unbelievable side. It's just what they can produce when they, they come over now. I guess they're, the concerning loss was the Carlton one, but they weren't they weren't too... I mean, I think I might have failed them at the time, but they weren't awful against the Ds. I think they just uh, were still finding their feet and how they go forward. If they can just pinch maybe, you know, four, four or so away games and add to maybe eight at home, they might let one slip at home, maybe in the in the uh, derby over there, bank 12 to 13 wins, they, they could be a real chance. So I'm, I'm definitely a uh, believer in Frio. I think, yeah, with Brayshaw Chera alongside Fife, great ruck, uh, great ruck in Sean Darcy, you know, Luke Ryan down back. I've learned all the names, Seb. Don't worry. They're, they're becoming household names over here in Victoria. I already knew them, but uh, they, they're, they're, they're flying. The, four the Dockers, four so. of their next five at Optus. Uh, one of them is the Derby. Uh, the one road trip they have is actually coming over here to play Essendon. Normally Essendon travel over there. Uh, but they should get the chocolates there. Yeah, so look, if they can... Look, you, this is the fans' job. I know the clubs might do it, but I doubt they do it. Look, if they can win three or even four, then they're sort of looking at, you know, seven and three, six and four at the 10-round mark, and that's really got them in, in the mix. So, uh, yeah, it's a question now, I guess, of who comes out. I know Brisbane's straightened up a bit, and they'll be knocking on the door if they're not already in the eight. Um, and, yeah, what happens with the Swannies? Can they hold two as a young side? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Seb. I, I, I look at Freo, I look ahead in the fixture every week and, uh, and try and find them. <laughs> All right, uh, last one. What game are you most looking forward to this weekend? Oh, it's got to be the Anzac Day Eve game. That is the match of the round. It's a, it's an under, well, maybe it is rated because of the crowd sizes, but it's an underrated, uh, I guess, marquee game. And it's just an example. Look, Richmond, obviously, uh, one of the big three clubs, but it's an example of how you can do your own marquee game right. Uh, you know, there were some games early on in that rivalry that were shockers from both sides, you know, Dees and Tigers, uh, but they've really straightened up. Maybe it's helped that Richmond uh, in particular have really straightened up, but, I mean, the Dees weren't uh, without their charms in 2018. So, oh, and... You know, the Tigers back in form now. Melbourne 5 and zip. It's got all the makings of a classic. It's got all the makings of a night that we're going to talk about for a while, whatever happens. If the Ds win this, it's really lit off time. And if the Ds don't perform, then it was all a mirage. So there's a lot riding on this game. I can't wait to see that one. What's yours? Yeah, uh, that's a ripper. I'm the, looking forward to the 145 clash uh, on the Saturday. Geelong... West Coast flying over here to take on Geelong at GMHBA. Yeah. Uh, if West Coast are serious about winning the flag, they'll win that. Uh, if you're going to get them, it's now Geelong, this point of the year. Absolutely. Whichever team loses that, there are going to be a lot of questions asked. Um, maybe if it's a close game, six points to the Cats or something, um, there might be sort of not huge questions asked. But if West Coast just drop another one on the road and come out uncompetitive... Um, that's huge red flags. And if Geelong can't get up and, and start to get things firing, then there's lots of question marks there. So that's the one I'm most looking forward to. And I'm surprised you didn't say the 6.40 Sunday night game. Power Saints, Tom. Well, look, that that's uh, one I'll be keeping a close eye out on. That's, uh, again, the 4.40 Sunday one slot. One pure footy fanatics, that one. 
absolutely that one. But uh, look, yeah, look, I find it interesting that we both actually didn't say the uh, Anzac Day game. Usually that writes itself into that. This is probably actually a, a year where they're reasonably close on the ladder. Usually one of the teams is flying and usually, you know, one of them struggling. Usually it's been Collingwood that's been flying in those. Um, yeah, 14th v 16th. So probably the closest they've been on the ladder for these for a fair stretch. So look, Let's just hope uh, it, it's a quality game, that one, and, and good luck uh, trying to tell which team's which because they're both wearing black, dark Guernsey. So another I one for that. my uh, jumper clash pet hate. Uh, Essendon is the away team, just had the opportunity given that they're making a one-off jumper. And a good jumper it is despite the large sponsorship logo uh, that takes up half the sash, but um, it could have had a bit more red in it given uh, that's the Bombers' other colour. They don't have to always go with the darker black. Anyway, that's that's just my uh, side pot there. All right. Let's... Jeez, uh, we've gone a while tonight, Tom. Let's whip through Mailbag. Uh, shout out to one of our biggest fans, Broadly. DJ Broadsword, as he's more commonly known. Uh, don't know what he was on, but he believed we hadn't answered his question about the interchange cap, uh, which we certainly had. Certainly covered Absolutely, it. Absolutely, definitely um, covered that one. He... And we do, I, I, just to reiterate, I do agree. I think they should get rid of the cap and just rely on the man in the mark rule and the uh, sort of zoning from centre bounces stuff to keep the ball moving and, and have quick goals. Uh, his other question was how terrible are the Saints? And I think we've covered that in depth, Tom. So We have any mind not have said terrible, that but that's all good. Yep, that, I cleaned that up for the families out there. Uh, from our man... Uh, was he sitting the 13th row, this man? Yeah, I think he sits in the 13th row. Uh, I think his uh, username, Big Brown 50. Uh, yeah, Big Benny Brown. 50. Yeah, geez, I tried to nail uh, that one. He appreciated our our podcast last week, but we went through the tips too quickly. Uh, don't know. Probably yeah, I think it's yeah, hard for him to keep up. I don't know. It's uh, nice to hear from the fans uh, telling us how to run the show. We appreciate that, and we uh, take the <laughs> feedback. So we'll let you know which game it is. Uh, and I think he did have a little sly one that uh, he just wanted to know who the D's were playing before we tip the D's, assuming we're going to tip them every week. Uh, which we I do don't because I tipped Hawthorne last week. So <laughs> you know, just listen out. Uh, well, this one was directed at me. What's the pass mark for the D's versus the Tigers this week? Uh, I don't know if I can say this, to make me a D-lever for season 2021. Uh, they have to win. If they don't win, then I'll just be right, won't I? They've you had such a right, soft but, draw. Uh, They've played a real side and they lost. Uh, they have absolutely. to win. Yep. Whether it's a three-point win or a 10-goal win, it doesn't matter. If it's a 10-goal win, I'll, I'll be on board and I'll um, I'll inquire about a membership. Uh, but look, they have to win. It's as simple as that. If they lose this, I, I don't know. Would I, we play them the week after, Tom? Would I prefer they win or they lose? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get. You I think I think them I want to have a win because D's on the rebound. They'll come out absolutely firing yeah. with a bit of a taste for blood, and then yeah. they've got the uh, Swannies after that. So, a couple of tricky ones. Not not yeah. your boys, but um, oh no, we Swannies. we might get them down in Tassie. Uh, oh, that is in Tassie. That's a little spanner in the works. Pretty cold. Yeah. It get, well, look, it's not getting any warmer down there. Bit of a fortress. Uh, I actually saw something that I think the AFL tries to schedule all Melbourne's home games in the front half of the year because in the back half they like to go skiing. Uh, uh, so, uh, so, so get out. That's sharp. Uh, 
and this is for both of us, Tom, reflecting back on our amateur footy days with the Hampton Rovers and my junior days with the Sandy Dragons, uh, one of the basic <laughs> messages in footy, especially from the coaches, was handball and put a block on. Why doesn't it happen at AFL level when the player isn't a chance to get the ball back? There isn't a more frustrating thing than a player getting run down holding the ball when a small block would have protected him. Am I missing something? No, that that's a astute pickup there. I guess uh, look, it hasn't been coached in the game. I know, yeah, from from Rovers level, it was basically our warm up week in week out for f- five to six years straight. It was handball and block. We did it in lane work. It was really just drilled into us. Uh, so just to not- make sure we were paying attention. I think so. Maybe it was to do with the skill level too. It's not Genuine hard to put a block on. Blocks. Just stick our arms out the side. <laughs> Some of us gave it a try, Sauce. Um, that's how you win a threes BNF. Um, you were the coach. Um, but to, yeah, to go back to his point, it, look, it's a basic thing. And I think, you know, we're, we're looking at like the local level where you, you can play your role. Now, obviously, there's playing your role at the senior levels, but. Maybe when it gets to that point with the skills as good as they are and the expectation of what you can do with the pill, that they're not worrying about that. They're just worrying about moving the ball, and particularly with the AFL rules as they are, they just want to get the ball moving at any cost. So, look, it's a footy basic, and I'd love to see more of it, but I think in our game at the moment, we really just want to just basically keep that scoring high and keep that ball moving. Yeah, I I've noticed it, but I think... I think there are times where players are too tired from running hard to get in position to get the ball and they give it off and they don't have the energy to go and block. Uh, I think there are times where they don't do it because they presume the player is about to get rid of the ball and then he holds on for too long and gets run down. Uh, There are also times where they do it and then they actually, instead of putting the block on, they then run to try and get the next possession in a link-up. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. There are different scenarios, but I I think at the local levels... Uh, it's definitely just a basic get rid of it and put a block on because a lot of the times the fitness level isn't where it should be to sort of go and get the second and third kicks. Absolutely. Uh, and, and to shout another, uh, I guess, one from the local level, I mean, we another thing we were drilled out at the Rovers was the uh, the handball feedback. There's not as much of that in the AFL level either. And I think uh, Big Paddy Cripps could do with the training down at the Rovers. So consider that, Patrick. <laughs> He's just just a little side clip on... On the way through, he's doing too much down there, Carlton. He's trying oh, to well, yeah, kick that four every week and win the game. Uh, I hope we've answered that one for you, mate. And I feel I feel I should have got you to read this out. It's sort of aimed at me, but I'm also sick of players getting away with whatever they like to protect the ball going through the goals. I, I will say it's the scoring. That's what yeah, no, here, yeah, and a hundred percent. That's why they do it. Uh, it used to be you could shepherd the ball through for a goal. I can sort of understand that, but it, you, you can't shepherd. You can hold your position and hold your player behind you. You can't stick your arms. You should. You can. They're ruling it that you can. You shouldn't be allowed to stick your arms out and just straight shepherd or just hold them off. If the ball's going to land at your feet, you shouldn't be able to just hold the player out from going for a mark. Yeah, I agree. Um, but sometimes they're holding on to jumpers and doing all sorts of stuff to not let them get a runner, and they're not going for the ball. I, I don't know why it's different, but um, I think they should crack down on the deliberate out-of-bounds rule. If you kick it into your forward line going for the forward pocket and it just goes out, they should just pay it deliberate. There's insufficient intent on those. 
but different parts of the ground suggest different rules. Yeah, so, well, you've been big on that one. I guess, yeah, I mean... It's the same thing here. If you're a defender doing that, free kick. If you're a forward, no worries. Let them sort of shepherd the ball through. So, till they decide to have one rule across the ground, you're going to have anomalies like this coming up and there's not much you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, maybe some sort of large, last touch rule, but I mean... I don't want umpires trying to work out what players are doing from outside 50 if they're having a shot or if they're putting it out. I mean, yes, if it's obvious, maybe, but I know the different parts of the ground, but look, it's just more rules. And I, I've, I've picked up on your thing, Seb, that we don't want to have basically four different interpretations for one act. I know that's ripe in our game, but uh, I don't want to add too much more of that because it just gives things an out all the time. There's actually nothing that can go wrong unless you're the opposition fan that's a victim, basically. So, uh, I'm all for simplifying our rules. Yep, yep. No, I think I don't know why it's not just adjudicated that it's a marking contest and you're always allowed to hold your position, but you're not allowed to stop another player going for the ball. So, We'll see. Yeah. We won't see. They won't do anything about it because they're spineless. But uh, no, I 100% agree with him. That's that's a good call, as they say on one of our rival shows. Yeah, rival shows. I like that. And, and we love your material. So send it through. We've got the Facebook inbox and the Instagram inbox as well as 12rowsback at gmail.com. You send it through and we'll answer it. Good show, Seb. I'm bloody pumped for round five. We say it every week. We're going to learn even more. Uh, in this upcoming round, sorry, round six it is. Yep, yep. Six it is. Uh, we're going to learn even more, and that's, that's what we want. We love the footy, and we're loving this season 2021. Yep, always love a good Anzac round. <laughs>